Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Monday, October 2nd, 2023. The Feast of Our Guardian Angels. Now, the Guardian Angels are the luminous angelic spirits who assist us in our daily needs. They are pure spirits. They are magnificent beings created by God to guide and protect humanity. What's one way we know that? Because the guardian angel prayer says to light, to guard, to rule, and to guide. They are companions from birth until death, inspiring us with good thoughts and shielding us from dangers. Now, St. Francis of Rome witnessed her own angel, whose radiance surpassed the sun, the moon, and the stars. In fact, the radiance of her guardian angel was so much so that she would write and read by the illumination that came from her guardian angel. The angel's influence extends into nature itself, guiding the stars and the moons and the planets, ensuring harmony in God's creation. Their unseen hands shape natural phenomena and illustrate the intricate involvement in the course of the world, most people just ignore the fact that the angels guide all living things, not simply us, but all living things. Now, the angels act as formidable protectors, shielding individuals from the snares of the devil. They also inspire resistance against temptations, and they ensure that humans stay on the right path. Of course, we don't always listen, but nonetheless, that's what they're trying to do. And in times of need, the angels have appeared as avengers executing God's justice. They fight alongside humanity against evil forces, and their presence ensures victory over malevolent adversities. Now, during the Renaissance, the angels were depicted as more cherubic figures that was very different from their militant essence. The shift in artistic representation made them seem more mm, soft, not, not very not like warriors, but instead like babies. Now, the life of St. John Bosco provides an example of angelic intervention. Well, during the Waldesian heresy, St. John Bosco was often, and when I mean often, I mean ridiculously often, there was attempts on his life over and over again, but a great dog would appear and save him multiple times throughout his entire life, much longer than any lifespan of a normal dog. It's believed that that was his guardian angel. Angels embody divine kindness and generosity and bridging the gap between human frailty and the cunning of the devil. Because if we had to go against the devil on our own, I guarantee you we'd lose 10 out of 10 times. Now, God's benevolence bestows upon humanity these celestial guardians to emphasize the importance of acknowledging and seeking their guidance. Our guardian angels stand ready to assist us in all of our endeavors if we only ask them, because you know what our Lord says, ask you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open unto you. So let's recognize the historical significance of the angels, but more importantly, let's recognize that their assistance in our daily lives and seek their guidance and protection that they can profoundly enrich our lives, reminding us of the heavenly aid is always at our disposal. So let's pray together. Our guardian angels, 
pray Pray for us. us. Uh, Good morning to you. Do you hear that voice? That's Rudy Carlos. Rudy Carlos (laughs) is back in the studio. Good morning to you, Rudy. Hey, good morning, Adrian. I'm here filling in for Taylor, who's out. And I got to tell you, we're all all struggling a little bit here with uh, sickness. You know, it's uh, fall, so it's coming up, definitely. And uh, it's good to be back for my vacation. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about a mystical experience that I had. Uh, in the after show. Looking Ooh. forward to sharing that with you guys. Wow. If you want to join us in the after show, I was, you know, it's funny, Rudy, uh, while you were gone, I was talking to one of the listeners and they were saying, you know, I didn't realize that the entirety of Catholic Drive Time was both on the radio and a live stream at the same time. I thought oh. <laughs> that it was just the after show was online and everything else was only on the radio. And I was like, no, mm. you can actually watch our beautiful faces on the uh, live stream every single day for the entirety of the show. And so there you go. That's really interesting. So praise be to God. And you know, this weekend I had a incredibly busy weekend. It was good. It was a great weekend. I very much enjoyed it. I actually got to see uh, Richard Reyna, Dave Palmer, Sean Rice, and many others. This Saturday, I drove up to Austin for the Fullness of Truth Conference. So I spent the day there. And then Friday, I went to the convent of the Sisters of Mary Immaculate because they were having a lecture on the Gutenberg Bible. And so I was there for that. And then I went to go spend some time with some friends after after the lecture. On Sunday, I went to two of my friends were singing in the Houston Symphony. And they were they invited me to come see the, the concert. So I went to that last night. And then we uh, enjoyed some refreshments afterwards. And it was just a really busy but really great weekend. I had an awesome time. Uh, I think I'm suffering from it, though, because I woke up this morning feeling like I got run over by a truck. So whew, I think we're all feeling it today. And yeah, I pray for Taylor, too. Taylor sent a message this morning saying he was sick, wouldn't be able to come in. So we're all on the struggle bus today. At 15 past the hour, J.P. Morgan pays out Epstein Island, plus New York City mayor becomes a Freemason. At 30 past the hour, Texas defends drag queens. That's kind of concerning. At 45 past the hour, a woman who burned down Wyoming abortion clinic sentenced to five years in prison. Plus, in the next hour, we're going to talk about the Feast of the Guardian Angels. And on there's some breaking news about the Synod on Synodality. I was kind of blown away by this. This actually came out like two hours ago, and I just saw this. And so we're going to see if we can squeeze this in at some point today. Talk about the fact that Cardinal Burke and four other cardinals have sent a letter to Pope Francis and a letter to the faithful. That's you and I. So we'll try to squeeze that in sometime today during this hour. And of course, we have our fear and swimming game show. So you won't want to miss all of it. Now, we are out of the month of September dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows. And we're in the month of October dedicated to Our Lady of the rosary. So we're going to pray to Our Lady of the Rosary. So we're going to pray for your intentions, whatever it is that you have going on in your life. We pray for Rudy his recovery of his sickness, Taylor and his recovery of his sickness, and everybody who is struggling with uh with being sick from this 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 week, this month. And uh, we pray, of course, for the salvation of souls, the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. I pray in a special way for my grandfather that he he's suffering through his cancer, and he uh, took a, a negative turn over the weekend. So I would ask especially for your prayers for my grandfather. And I pray for my friend Timothy and his wife, Hope, and the Timothy and Hope Craig. And uh, during their today is their anniversary. So prayers for them, the Feast of the Guardian Angels. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. 
O Virgin Mary, grant that the recitation of thy rosary may be for me each day, in the midst of my manifold duties, a bond of unity in my actions, a tribute to filial piety, a sweet refreshment, an encouragement to walk joyfully along the path of duty. Grant above all, O Virgin Mary, that the study of thy fifteen mysteries may form in my soul little by little, a luminous atmosphere, pure, strengthening, and fragrant, which may penetrate my understanding, my will, my heart, my memory, my imagination, my whole being. So shall I acquire the habit of praying while I work, without the aid of formal prayers, by interior acts of admiration, of supplication, or by aspirations of love. I ask this of thee, O Queen of the Holy Rosary, through St. Dominic, thy son of predilection, and the renowned preacher of thy mysteries and the faithful imitator of thy virtues. Santa Maria, crush now the crescent, banish the slaves of the foul, wicked serpent. Vessel of honor, now make us victorious. We pledge our arms to your Son, most glorious. Fill us with courage, Queen of the Ocean, as at Lepanto, hasten to help us. Be our defense from the powers of darkness. Call to the battles the new generation, till Christ be honored as King of all nations. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Now, here are some of today's breaking news and stories for you. Ukraine aid is left out of government funding package, raising concerns about the future of U.S. support. The war between Russia and Ukraine has made it increasingly difficult to secure approval for Ukraine assistance in Congress, as demonstrated by the vote to strip a $300 million defense spending bill for Ukraine. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy recently excluded additional aid from Ukraine from a government funding measure, raising concerns about meeting Ukraine's urgent requirements for defense against Russia's impending winter offensive. And this is an interesting story. A study finds a link between drinking some diet soda during pregnancy and autism in boys. In a recent study, the researchers at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio asked the parents of 235 children with an autism spectrum disorder, and 121 children without autism, who were the study's controls, to complete a retrospective questionnaire about their diet soda and aspartame intake while pregnant or breastfeeding their children. The team found that boys with autism had more than three times the likelihood of having a mother who drank diet soda daily while pregnant or breastfeeding than boys without autism. And 59% of French people aged 18 to 24 support limiting flights to four per lifetime per person to combat climate change. A uh, recent survey conducted by the Consumer Science and Analytics Institute found that 41% of French citizens over the age of 18 are in favor of limiting every person to taking only four plane trips throughout their entire lifetime to combat climate change. It's even higher among the 18 to 24 demographic. A stunning 59% responded that they would be in favor of the mandated limitation on travel. Now, those are some of the headlines for you this uh, this morning, but stay uh, tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. The gospel of the day comes from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5 and verses and verse 10. Now, there is a lot that could be said about this gospel. In fact, Cornelius Alapede's commentary on this is about 30 minutes long in terms of reading it. So if you want to go through, I highly recommend reading all of it. And plus, this passage skips out the whole story of the millstones. And so it's about our Lord saying, be like the little child. And he says, after that, 
that if anyone causes this child to stumble, it'd be better if they had a millstone tied around their neck and cast into the sea. But that's excluded from there. So if you read all of that passage, 1 through 10, it's about a 45-minute meditation from Cornelius Lapidae. So I highly recommend checking it out. Go read his entire commentary on this section of Holy Scripture. But I'm only going to focus on verse 10 here. On verse 10, it says, See that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Now, from this passage, the fathers of the church and many of the saints recognize that indeed all men have an angel who is appointed by God to be their guardian from birth until death. This is what St. Jerome says, whose feast day was just two days ago. Great is the dignity of souls that each has from his birth an angel appointed to watch over him. And again, the angels offer daily through Christ the prayers of those who are to be saved. It is because a perilous thing to despise one whose desires are carried to the eternal and invisible God by the ministry of angels. Now, the interesting to note is here. It says that not to despise them. Why? Why not despise the little ones? Because their angels always see the face of the father who is in heaven. So what's the association there? What's the association? Why is it that we should not despise people because of their guardian angels? We have to recognize this because we have completely forgotten this in our modern society that we should comport ourselves in dress and speech and manner of walking and talking in our dispositions, all of these things should be geared to the fact that we are in the presence of others. Now, we know this intuitively whenever we're at fancy events. If you go to a very expensive event or a, a ball or a gala or a event that requires people to dress up, we automatically have this intuition that we should comport ourselves in a fancier, more esteemed way. But our Lord here is saying, that we should not despise people because their guardian angel is always there who sees the face of the father who is in heaven. And so we should always be recognizing that we are in the presence of our guardian angels and of the guardian angels of others. So when you speak to someone and you think that you want to speak in a very ill way or comport yourself in a very ill way, just imagine no matter what you think of the person you're talking to, recognize their guardian angel is right there. Their guardian angel is listening to what you're saying. How should we act? How should we comport ourselves? I would say much better than we probably are. We'll be right back talking about some very concerning news coming up in just one moment. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. 
It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made. It's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to learn about a great Catholic saint. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the lives of the saints? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. It's always good to be here. Despite the bad news, it's good to be here. We have some amazing opportunities today to give God some praise, to give God glory in everything we do. So uh, recognize when you're in a fight, you have a great opportunity to do the will of God in every action. So praise be to God for that. Now, there are some very concerning stories that <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, but let's start with a good story, though. Uh, J.P. Morgan pays out Epstein Island. This is great news. So J.P. Morgan, which is the largest U.S. bank, they settled a lawsuit with the U.S. Virgin Islands agreeing to pay $75 million dollars. Now, the settlement pertains to allegations that the bank facilitated Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking network. Prosecutors have sought $190 million. The majority of the settlement, $55 million, will support local charities through, uh, through aiding trafficking victims. The remaining $20 million will cover the legal fees. Now, J.P. Morgan wanted to explicitly say the settlement does not imply wrongdoing, but expresses regret for any association with Epstein. The Virgin Islands Attorney General, Ariel Smith, called it a historic victory for survivors and state enforcement, emphasizing the bank's responsibility to prevent human trafficking. The prosecutors filed the suit in December, asserting that J.P. Morgan knowingly played a role in Epstein's trafficking enterprise. They claimed internal documents and employee interviews provoked the bank's awareness of facilitating Epstein's crimes. J.P. Morgan previously settled a similar case for $290 million in June, filed by Epstein survivors, again without admitting guilt. The bank also settled with former executive Jess Staley, who was sued for his role in the Epstein-related lawsuits. So that's very good news that they're settling these, these legal battles and that people are being helped that were abused by this wicked man. Uh, but also, the important thing to note here is the connections that Epstein had. And we I, people might say, well, why are we still talking about this? This is old news. Why are we bringing this back up? Well, it's because these things matter. And it kind of is a, a point of contention among, among a lot of people that say, these things are just conspiracy theories. You think that they're, that these rich billionaires have islands to themselves where they're doing evil things? Wow, sounds like something out of a out of a comic book. Sounds like something out of an action movie. That can't be real. It is real. And that's why I bring it up. Because these things really do happen. And it involves people of the highest levels. People who are multi-millionaires and billionaires. And so we cannot pretend that these things are just stories. 
or that people are crazy for talking about them. They're real and they should be focused on and we should think about them. So that way we're not caught off guard. And to recognize that, I mean, there's something that we ever already know, which is the banks are all corrupt. So that's just something else to throw out there as well on top of that. But speaking of <laughs> wicked people who are on islands controlling things and and ruling the world, uh, the New York City mayor becomes a Freemason. Oh, well, I was told that the Freemasons are no big deal. and We don't have to worry about them anymore. Of course, the church has condemned Freemasonry on, I should have looked it up, I think eight occasions. It's been at least, it's been a number of occasions the church has condemned it. In fact, it is an automatic excommunication for anyone, any Catholic who becomes a Freemason. So just keep that in mind. If you know anybody who happens to be a Freemason, you might want to let them know. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, along with the police commissioner, Edward Caban, and chief of the department, Jeffrey Maddy, or Madry, was inducted as a master mason in a ceremony held at Gracie Mansion, the official residence of the city's mayor. The event, which was organized by, quote, the most worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge, marked the first time such an occasion has taken place at Gracie Mansion. This is very concerning. This is basically just said that New York City is run by Freemasons. The mayor, the police commissioner, the chief of the department, they're all Freemasons? All of them? How, how many more are Freemasons? They run New York City? What about your city? Is your city run by Freemasons? I wonder. And these people, people might say, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. I mean, they literally are doing it. They're Freemasons are literally running New York City. Now, while the mayor did not include the ceremony on his official schedule, the event was confirmed by Tony Herbert, a citywide liaison to the mayor's office who was in attendance. Other city officials also participated in the ceremony, including the New York Police Department Deputy Chief of Manhattan Borough, North Raul Stevenson, the Assemble member, J. Gary Pretlow, and State Senator Kevin Parker, who received their 32nd degree Freemasonry. Huh. Very interesting. Especially considering what many former Freemasons say happens at the 33rd degree. They're, what I'm, From my understanding, and I've never been a Freemason, nor am I a son of a Freemason, but I have been told by former Freemasons that the 33rd degree is where things get demonic. So it's very interesting, or well, get explicitly demonic. It's always demonic from the beginning. But it gets explicitly demonic from my understanding in the 33rd degree. And to hear that almost everybody in the New York City government are 32nd degree Freemasons, that's very concerning. A state senator, a 32nd degree Freemason, that's pretty high up there. That's, that's a pretty high degree Freemason. That's something that we should definitely keep our eyes on and recognize that these guys hate the Catholic faith. And whenever they make decisions, whenever they're running our cities and people support them and say, oh, we should vote for these Freemasons. Oh, these Freemasons have great policies. It's very interesting that their policies always seem to be a destruction of society. I think about Eric Adams. Eric Adams, he comes out against 
are very pro-immigration, wanting to flood America with more people that we can take care of. And then whenever they get sent to his state, he's like, oh, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. You're hurting our state. You're hurting New York City. Uh, But he's okay with hurting Texas. It's almost as if all he cares about is himself and he really wants to destroy bastions of sanity. And I'm under no pretense that a Texas is perfect. I am under no pretext that Texas is this area of Catholicism, is this model of the Catholic faith. In fact, I would say it's not. I wish it was. But in Texas and a lot of other states, like Alabama, like Florida, like maybe Oklahoma, there's a lot of states that have 10 commandment Americans still. 10 commandment Americans, Americans who still believe the 10 commandments are given by God, that believe the 10 commandments something should be followed by all men, that do their best to follow the 10 commandments in their lives. I want to say that here at home, we still have a lot of 10 commandment Americans, but we could do better. We could do a lot better, especially considering that Texas has been defending drag queens. A judge, a federal judge in Texas issued a ruling blocking the implementation of a state law that aimed to prohibit sexually oriented performances in the presence of minors. The law, which was signed by Greg Abbott, has been colloquially referred to as a, quote, drag ban, but was designed to encompass any sexually oriented performance. Judge David Hittner, serving in the Southern District of Texas, declared that the law violated the First Amendment and has a chilling effect on free speech. So for those who don't know, a chilling effect on free speech means it's not technically censorship. No one's saying, oh, you're not allowed to talk about A, B, C, and D. But what they're doing is they're like winking and nodding at you saying, hey, look, look, I'm not saying I'm going to censor you. I'm just saying if you talk about A or if you talk about B, you might get in trouble. I don't know, maybe. Oh, we don't want to make people mad, you know, so you might want to just, you know, not talk about that. I mean, you can if you want, but I mean, I don't recommend it. It's kind of that kind of nudge, nudge effect where then it makes people censor themselves because of things that are happening in the environment around them. That's what's called a chilling effect on free speech. And so this, the judge David Hittner is saying that, that this law puts a chilling effect on free speech and therefore violates the first amendment because censoring people even in this way is considered a violation of the first amendment by many or most judges. Now he emphasized that while most, not everyone may appreciate or approve of drag queen performances, they are protected under the first amendment. Hitner was the appointed, was appointed by Ronald Reagan, which they thought was very important to emphasize it also is important to emphasize, to be honest, because it kind of shows that this bastion of conservatism that we think was around in the past and that we think Reaganomics and all these things were such great, great ideas. It was really just a slow marching revolution. It was not a true counter revolution, not in any sense of the word. But he argued that drag queen performances often convey political, social and cultural messages and that strengthens their First Amendment protection. Now, I, for one, don't really care, to be honest. 
I think that if you are a degenerate who is trying to sexually abuse children, you should not be allowed to perform. We should shut it down completely. These kind of sexual performances are so perverse that they should be shut down entirely. The judge also expressed concerns that if the law was were allowed to stand, it might open the door to restrictions on other activities, such as cheerleading, dancing, or live theater. Now, that actually brings a great point. Why on earth do we let our daughters do cheerleading where they wear little skirts and dance around for, one, boys their age, but two, for grown men in the crowds? There's dads, grandfathers, uncles, cousins who are watching the football games of these kids or basketball games, whatever, in Texas. I just think about football. And then we let these teenage girls or younger middle school girls, elementary school girls wearing skimpy outfits dance for adult men and and boys their age. Why do we allow that? Why do we put our daughters in cheer? It's, it's absolutely perverse whenever you think about it. These cheerleading competitions, these cheerleading events, it is absurd that we allow that. So maybe they have a good point. Maybe we should have restrictions on those things as well and not let kids wear skimpy outfits and dance in front of men. How about we don't do that? Now, under the law, it would have been illegal for anyone to permit sexually oriented performances in the presence of a minor or commercial enterprise premises with violators facing fines of up to $10,000. I think this is a great thing. And I hope that we're able to fight this. The Texas State Senator Brian Hughes says that he, that it also prohibited cities and counties from authorizing them. So I think that's great. So hopefully people fight this and we try to protect children because I think this is common sense and I think it's completely constitutional. So let's take it to the Supreme Court and let's hope that we can get this to stay in effect. And let's pray for a positive outcome. We'll be right back with more after this. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. (laughs) They love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. 
The Loop reports, Dallas Bishop endorses Texas school choice effort. The Catholic Church teaches that the primary educators of their children are parents, and they have the right and responsibility to determine the best educational environment for their children, said Bishop Edward J. Burns of the Diocese of Dallas. He says, continuing, that's why the Texas Catholic Conference of Bishops supports Governor Abbott's push to empower all parents with parental choice. That is awesome. Uh, Eventbrite has deplatformed Chloe Cole. The targeting, uh, rather the ticketing platform Eventbrite removed an event featuring the detransitioner Chloe Cole from its platform. Eventbrite claimed that the event warning, excuse me, let's see if I can adjust here. The ticketing platform Eventbrite removed an event featuring detransitioner Chloe Cole from its platform. Eventbrite claimed that the event warning of the uh, dangers of subjecting children to transgender treatments violates a policy against hateful and violent and dangerous events. And finally, The Loop reports, Cardinals ask Pope to clarify doctrine ahead of the Synod. Five Cardinals revealed early this morning that they had submitted five questions, otherwise known as a dubia, to Pope Francis regarding statements on serious matters contrary to the doctrine of the Church multiplying ahead of the culmination of the Synod on Synodality. The Cardinals are Walter Cardinal Branmuller, Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, Juan Cardinal Sandoval Iniguez, Robert Cardinal Sarah, and Joseph Cardinal Zen. Now those were all of your headlines today. May God richly bless all of your efforts today. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Now, I did want to talk about the Synod on Synodality real quick. And there is uh, breaking news about the whole situation on the Synod. And I think it's really interesting because many people are saying, you know, the Synod's not going to be, isn't going to be so bad. We're making a big deal out of nothing. It's, we don't know quite what's going to, what's going to be in it. And I was actually talking to some people not that long ago about this. And I was pointing out Look, I mean, it's a pretty bad situation. I mean, September 30th, this last Saturday, uh, Pope Francis appointed 21 new cardinals. And a lot of them were not great. We had uh, communist uh, bishops from the, the, that promote the Chinese Communist Party. They were made cardinals, like Stephen Chow. We had Cardinal Americo Manuel Alves, who's the one who said, we don't want to convert young people to Jesus Christ. Uh, you have Archbishop Fernandez, the author of Heal Me With Your Mouth, a catechesis for teenagers. The He was made a cardinal, amongst many, many others. And then they had the um, retreat, October 1st or 3rd, that would be still going on today. And so it started yesterday and was led by Father Timothy Radcliffe, who is a Dominican friar, unfortunately. And he was notoriously deceptive about pro-LGBT issues, stating many times that he supports the Catholic view of marriage. But then in the exact opposite, he'll have his outreach to LGBT Catholics. And he advocates for allowing homosexuals in the priesthood. And he says that those who are against that are homophobic and they should be barred from the priesthood instead, saying, quote, I have no doubt that God does call homosexuals to the priesthood. And they are among the most dedicated, impressive priests I have met which implies that he knows the homosexual priest. Now, he, there's much more could be said about Father Radcliffe, but just to note that he's the one leading the retreat for the Synod of Synodality. 
Now, this we have the also we have the Instrumentum Laboris that we can you can read. You go or you can read it yourself. And so there are many problems with that that are coming that are already confirmed. Among which there are 50 female voting members, which many people may say, what's the problem with that? Well, it's an inversion of the hierarchy of the church. The church has always been led by bishops. And it's it would already be bad if we had priests and deacons voting because they're not the leaders of the church the way the bishops are. It would be even worse if you had lay men as voting members. That would also not be good. But to have lay women as voting members is also worse because it's an inversion of the roles in which God set up for us. And all you have to do to see that is to read St. Paul. Now, there is also Bishop Joseph Yang, who has just been added as a participant, who has a history of working for Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association, which is a communist state-sponsored church. Now, there's also going to be Anglican, Methodist, Baptist, and Pentecostal representatives, though they are non-voting. They're non-voting members. But it would be strange if I was having like a family meeting and we had, you know, my, my brothers, my sisters, my parents, my grandparents, my cousins. And then we invited a couple people who were enemies of ours over as well to be participants and representatives. And I invited some enemies I invited some neighbors, I invited some random people to vote, or not to vote, but just to give their input on the way we run our family. That'd be very strange. That's basically what they're doing. Now, there's many things that could be said about the working document, and there's so many things, like Bishop Gresh, who's the general secretary of the Synod, he was also made a cardinal on yesterday, or not yesterday, two days ago. And he has welcomed gay unions, quote, with satisfaction. And he says, quote, they have the right not to be judged. He's endorsed by New Ways Ministries, which has been condemned by Benedict XVI. They have Sister Bequart, Bequart, Bequart. Sorry, I don't know how to say her name. I don't mean to be uh, rude about it, but I just don't know how to say her name. Uh, She's the undersecretary, and she's also pro-gay. And not to mention, really, the biggest deal about having Sister as the undersecretary, is that she's a religious sister. And it's an inversion of the hierarchy to have a religious sister holding a position of authority over a senate of bishops. That's very concerning. And she also has been recognized in as, a public, as a speaker for New Ways Ministry in the past, saying that the aim of the senate is to foster communion and build a consensus if we really listen to one another. Now, the Cardinal Holerich is also the realtor general, He's also pro-gay. He says the church's teaching on homosexuality is, quote, no longer correct, end quote. He has also asked the German Synod that he has, quote, great respect for it because it is, quote, daring to ask very big questions, end quote. He says, but reforms need a stable foundation if the Pope were now simply to allow very pro-body and the ordination of mature married men as priest and deaconesses, the danger of schism would be great. So... It is very concerning that these are the people in charge of the Synod. So all this information is out there publicly. And I was talking to somebody about this last week because they were telling me, Adrian, the Synod is not going to be bad. It's going to be fine. You're making a big deal out of nothing. And so I told this to them. And I was like, look, all this is here. And I'm supposed to close my eyes and pretend that it's not happening. I'm supposed to pretend that I don't know this information. 
that this isn't public information because it's not like any of these are rumors. These are all things that have been publicly reported by the Vatican. And that's simply what the case is. And I'm supposed to just say, no, it's fine. No big deal. That's not something you need to be worried about. I don't know. I don't know how I can do that. I don't know how I can do that when our Lord tells us that we can see the signs of the times. He says, if we can predict the weather by looking at the clouds, then how much more should we be able to discern the times by looking at what's around us? And so we've also seen Cardinal Mueller come out and put some things publicly. But it's interesting now that we see that Cardinal Bram Mueller, along with Cardinal Burke, and along with some other cardinals, uh, Cardinal Inguez, I I don't know how to say his name, Sandoval, Cardinal Juan Sandoval. Inguez. Inguez. There you go. Thank you. Is a Mexican cardinal, Cardinal Robert Seurat who is of uh, Papua New Guinea, I think, and then Cardinal Joseph Zinn of China. So it's also not an American thing either. It's literally worldwide. These cardinals, five cardinals of the church, who are very faithful cardinals, who have held very high offices in the church, not simply just honorary cardinals, but all of these men held very important offices in the church. And they've come out publicly to say that they have submitted dubia to Pope Francis in regard to the Synod, which honestly explains a lot about what Cardinal Mueller was saying in the past because he's very cryptid. He was saying, oh, I'm concerned about the Synod, but he didn't talk about this. But apparently these dubia that was submitted to to Pope Francis was submitted in September and in August. And so he's given uh, quite a bit of time trying to get ready for what's going to happen, and they submitted questions. And so these after not getting good responses because uh, Pope Francis did respond to the first dubia, praise be to God. But the Cardinals said that that was actually more concerning of his responses. And so they submitted a secondary dubia to try to clarify because normally, so to explain how a dubia works. So typically a dubia is questions that are asked and then the Pope would respond or the relevant office would respond yes or no. Instead, Pope Francis gave a written out response to each question and it only created more confusion. So a second dubia was submitted. So we're going to, I'm going to read to you what these dubia cardinals have to say coming up in the next segment. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friendships tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institutions, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. To the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. As for prayers, uh, the CDT team here is, is fading fast. Rudy over here is a trooper. He's uh, filling in for Taylor in the production office, in the production studio. And he's uh, pretty sick. And Taylor woke up this morning. He was also sick, so he didn't come in this morning. And uh, personally... I'm feeling a little uh, scratchy in the throat, <laughs> and my allergies have just kicked in. So I can't tell if it's allergies or if I'm getting sick. So, uh, look, man, prayers um, for the team. Uh, I kind of licked your keyboard. So That's what it was. I'm sorry, <laughs> That's what it was. Actually, my mom was sick. No, my dad was sick first, and then he, he got my mom and my sister sick, and then my mom is still sick today. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they got me sick, to be honest. Let so. me let me put it this way. Half of my vacation, it was just me bedridden. So it's Yikes. over for me. <laughs> Yikes. I am so sorry for your loss. Um, but we're talking about, speaking of being over, uh, the we're talking about the uh, Synod on Synodality. And it's interesting to me because about three hours ago, the Cardinal... Burke released in English the letter that he sent to Pope Francis, and then he wrote a letter to you and I, the faithful, uh, signed with four other cardinals. And this is very important because it's not me saying this. This is a, These are five cardinals of the church. Five cardinals who hold very high offices in the church have released this these letters. So I'm going to read these to you and give a couple comments on it. And then Bishop Anthony Snyder wrote a beautiful prayer for the synod on synodality. And so we'll pray that prayer together after we go through this. Now, here's the letter from the five cardinals. It says here, Brothers and sisters in Christ, we members of the sacred college of cardinals, in accord with the duty of all the faithful to administer, or to, sorry, with all the, let me start over. All right, let's do this again. We, members of the Sacred College of Cardinals, in accord with the duty of all the faithful to manifest the sacred pastors their opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church, and, above all, in accord with the responsibility of cardinals to assist the Roman pontiff individually, especially in the daily care of the universal church, in view of various declarations of highly placed prelates pertaining to the celebration of the next synod of bishops, that are openly contrary to the constant doctrine and discipline of the church and have been and have generated and continue to generate great confusion and the falling into error among the faithful and other persons of goodwill have manifested our deepest concern to the Roman pontiff by our letter July 10th 2023 employing the proven practice of the submission of dubia questions to a superior to provide the superior the occasion to make clear by his responsia responses 
the doctrine and discipline of the church. We have submitted five dubia to Pope Francis, a copy of which is attached. By his letter of July 11, 2023, Pope Francis responded to our letter. Having studied his letter, which did not follow the practice of responsa ad dubia, responses to questions, we reformulated the dubia to elicit a clear response based on the perennial doctrine and discipline of the church. By our letter of August 21st, 2023, we submitted the reformulated dubia, a copy of which is attached to the Roman pontiff. Up to the present, we have not received a response to the reformulated dubia. Given the gravity of the matter of the dubia, especially in view of the imminent session of the Synod of Bishops, we judge it our duty to inform you, the faithful, according to Canon 212, subsection 3, so that you may not be subject to confusion, error, and discouragement, but rather may pray for the universal church, and in particular the Roman pontiff, that the gospel may be taught ever more clearly and followed ever more faithfully. Yours in Christ, Walter Cardinal Brandmiller, Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, Juan Cardinal Sandovo, Robert Cardinal Seurat, Joseph Cardinal Zen, dated Rome, 2nd of October, 2023. So, that's a letter from these wonderful cardinals. And notice what he says at the end here. He says, why am I writing this letter? Because many people, last time they released Dubia, they said, oh, these mean cardinals are just trying to confuse the faithful. They're trying to create doubt. They're trying to attack the Holy Father on these things. But what do the cardinals say? The cardinals say, there, we are doing this because it is our duty to inform you, the faithful, so that way you may not be subject to confusion, error, or discouragement, but rather may pray for the universal church and in particular the Roman pontiff that the gospel may be taught ever more clearly and followed ever more faithfully. So that's the reason for these dubia. And I think that's absolutely beautiful that they decided to do it this way. Now, here is the dubia. Dubia number one. About the claim that we should reinterpret divine revelation according to the culture and anthropological change in vogue. After the statements of some bishops, which have been neither corrected nor retracted, it is asked whether in the church divine revelation should be reinterpreted according to the cultural change of our times and according to the new anthropological vision that these changes promote, or whether divine revelation is binding forever, immutable, and therefore not to be contradicted. Now, it goes on further, giving more context and explanation, but that's the gist of the question. Now, here is... The response from, well, we don't have the response of Pope Francis. They didn't release Pope Francis's response, but here is their response to Pope Francis's response. It's kind of confusing. Uh, he says here, your holiness insists the church can deepen its understanding of the deposit of faith. That is indeed what De Verbum paragraph eight teaches and belongs to Catholic doctrine. Your response, however, does not capture our concern. Many Christians, including pastors and theologians, argue today that the cultural anthropological change of our time, and anthropological refers to the way we see man, which I mean, you might read also the transgender movement, among many other things, change of our time should push the church to teach the opposite of what is, has always been taught. This concern essential, not secondary questions for our salvation, like the confession of faith, 
subjective conditions for access to the sacraments, and observances of the moral law. So we want to rephrase our dubium. Is it possible for the church today to teach doctrines contrary to those that she has previously taught in matters of faith and morals, whether by Pope by the Pope ex cathedra or in the definition of an ecumenical council or in the ordinary universal magisterium of the bishops dispersed throughout the world? Now, here is a, that's the question. And these questions are supposed to be answered yes or no. That's the way that these dubia are always done for the history of the church. It's always yes or no. Because we want to have very clear questions and answers, and we don't need an explanation of all the details surrounding it because that creates only more situations. So they're saying, okay, look, maybe in all charity, maybe our first dubium weren't clear enough, and so we we didn't formulate the questions like we should, so let me rephrase them and give them back to you in a different way. Now, the second dubium is about the claim that the widespread practice of the blessing of same-sex unions are in accord with the revelation of magisterium. Here's the question. It is asked, can the church derogate from the principle, considering it contrary to what Veritas Splendor, which is the in paragraph 103, taught as a more ideal and accepting as a possible good, objectively sinful situation such as same-sex unions without betraying the revealed doctrine? And here, here they respond again to Pope Francis. Your holiness has insisted on the fact that there can be no confusion between marriage and other types of unions of a sexual nature. And that therefore any right or sacramental blessings of same-sex couples would give rise to such confusion should be avoided. Our concern, however, is a different one. We are concerned that the blessing of same-sex couples might create confusion in any case. Not only in that it might make them seem analogous to marriage, but also in the homosexual acts would be presented practically as a good, or at least as the possible good that God asks of people in their journey towards him. So let us rephrase our dubium. Is it possible that in some circumstances a pastor could bless unions between homosexual persons, thus suggesting that homosexual behavior as such would not be contrary to God's law in the person's journey towards God? Linked to this dubium is the need to raise another. Does the teaching uphold by the universal ordinary magisterium that every sexual act outside of marriage and in particular homosexual acts constitutes an objectively grave sin against God's law, regardless of the circumstances in which it takes place and the intention with which it is carried out continue to be valid? I mean, the answer to this question is obviously yes. So that's the question. Now, there are other questions. We just won't have time to get through all the questions today. Maybe we will revisit the rest of these questions. But here's the takeaway here. These are five questions that are asked. And it was asked of Pope Francis to give clarity in this very confusing situation, getting ready for the Synod. And it was given a significant amount of time. They submitted the first letter, July 10th. They submitted their second one, August 21st. And then to now, there has been no response to the second set of questions. This is very concerning. And this is why we've had this response. But luckily, we have this good prayer that we can pray together from Bishop Snyder. So we'll pray that together right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, you are the head of the church. Your spotless bride and mystical body look mercifully upon the profound distress 
to which our Holy Mother Church has been subjected. Doctrinal confusion, moral abomination, and liturgical abuse have in our day reached an unprecedented height. The heathens have come into your inheritance, having defiled your holy temple and laid Jerusalem in ruins. Churchmen who have lost the true faith and become promoters of a worldly globalist agenda are intent on changing your truths and commandments, the divine constitution of the church, and the apostolic tradition. O Lord, with humble spirit and contrite heart, we beseech you, prevent the enemies of the church from exulting in a victory over the authentic Catholic church, obtained by imposing a counterfeit church under the guise of synodality. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come to the aid of your church with your almighty strength. For where sin and apostasy in the church abounds, the victory of your grace will abound the more. We firmly believe that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. In this hour, in which our beloved and holy mother church, in suffering her Golgotha, we promise to remain with her, graciously accept our interior and exterior sufferings, which we humbly offer in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mother of the Church, as a reparation for our own sins and for the sins of sacrilege and apostasy within the church. O Lord, send forth your holy angels under the command of St. Michael the Archangel to bring your heavenly light to the Pope and Synod participants and to frustrate the plans of your enemies within the Synod Assembly. O Lord, look mercifully upon the little ones in the church. Look upon the hidden souls who sacrifice themselves for the church. In you, O Lord, we rest our hope. Let us never be put to shame. To you, O Lord Jesus Christ, be given all honor and glory in your holy name and your holy church. You live and reign with the Father in unity, the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. And it's not a very good way to bet, either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. 
God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at catholicscomehome.com. I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out catholicscomehome.com. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be here with you today. I didn't want to finish that prayer from Bishop Anthony Schneider. I timed it 20 seconds off. And so we didn't get to finish that prayer from Bishop Athanasius Schneider. So we'll finish that prayer real quick. So let's pray. Please pray with me. I'm praying for the Holy Father, praying for the Synod on Synodality, praying for all those participating in the Synod. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O Lord, send forth your holy angels under the command of St. Michael the Archangel to bring your heavenly light to the Pope and Synod participants and to frustrate the plans of your enemies within the Synod assembly. O Lord, look mercifully upon the little ones in the church. Look upon the hidden souls who sacrifice themselves for the church. Look upon all the tears, sighs, and supplications of the true children of the church and through the merits of the Immaculate Heart of your Most Holy Mother. Arise, O Lord, and by your intervention grant your church holy shepherds, who imitating your example will give their lives for you and your sheep. O Lord, we beseech you, through the Blessed Virgin Mary, grant us a holy Pope, zealous in promoting and defending the Catholic faith. We implore you, grant it, through the Blessed Virgin Mary, Grant us holy and intrepid bishops. We implore you, grant it. Through the Blessed Virgin Mary, grant us holy priests who are men of God. We implore you, grant it. And you, O Lord, we rest our hope. Let us never be put to shame. To you, O Lord Jesus Christ, be given all honor and glory in your holy church. You live and reign with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, Thank you to Bishop Athanasius Snyder for this wonderful, wonderful prayer. And in fact, I personally will be praying this prayer every day as the Synod goes on, that we pray for a holy outcome. Because imagine, imagine how great it would be. Imagine how wonderful it would be if by your prayers, by your sacrifices, these people who are involved in the synod have a conversion of heart during the synod and that what God intended or what man intended for evil, God intended for good. And there'd be this intense conversion of everybody involved. And instead of being a, a bad synod, it becomes this beautiful reaffirmation of the faith. Imagine what a glorious thing. What a glorious time. But that can only happen. Our Lord said that some demons can only be driven out with prayer and fasting. So I want to encourage you during this time to respond in the same way that these cardinals asked us to. That we not be subject to confusion and error and discouragement. But rather 
that you and I pray for the universal church and in particular the Roman pontiff that the gospel would be taught ever more clearly and followed ever more faithfully. Will you do that with me? Will you pray this prayer with me? Will you make sacrifice and during this time that a holy outcome be the result of the synod? I ask that you do that with me. And I ask that you do that with Athanasius Snyder. I ask that you do it with Cardinal Burke, with Cardinal Bramuller, with Cardinal Sarah, with Cardinal Juan, with Cardinal Zinn. I ask that you join us and pray for a holy outcome, for the conversion of souls, for the salvation of souls, for the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. I ask that you do that with me. I think that would be a blessing and a great, wonderful thing to do. So thank you in advance, and I certainly will be doing this. And if you want to find that prayer, the prayer has been posted like everywhere. I'm reading it from 1 Peter 5, but it's pretty much published all over the place. So if you'd like to pray that prayer, go ahead, and you can find that without too much trouble. So just make sure you have that in mind. All right, let's see. Let's see. The Now, I wanted to talk about the guardian angels. <laughs> the guardian angels are something that we kind of mm, don't have a lot of thoughts about these days. We don't think too much about our we don't think too much about our our guardian angels. And our guardian angels are over us. So I say that we spend some time today on this feast of the guardian angels to think about our guardian angels, to love our guardian angels, and to foster a relationship with our guardian angels. I, there's an error that kind of pops up every once in a while that's, that's not very good. But nonetheless, it's something that comes up every once in a while is this idea of naming your guardian angel. Is that we try to, we want to name our guardian angels. And then there's a pious thing about it because they're saying, oh, I want to, I want to foster a relationship with our guardian angel, so I'm going to give my guardian angel a name so I can have a better relationship with him. And that's a very admirable, pious little thing, but it's not right. We should not do it. So why should we not name our guardian angels? Why not? Well, the reason is because our guardian angels already have a name. We don't know what it is, and we shouldn't ask him to reveal it to us. We'll know it when we die, whenever we meet our guardian angel face to face. But we can't know our guardian angels a name in this life. And so we shouldn't give him a name because he already has a name. And naming things show authority over it. That's why if you read the book of Genesis, what does Adam do? He names the animals because it shows that man has dominion over the earth, over the animals, over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the plants, all these things you and I as man have dominion over. He also calls woman Eve. This is important to note. But what does he not name? He does not name the angels. Why? Well, it's in the very prayer, the guardian angel prayer we pray. We pray, guardian angel, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. That's what we pray. Because it's not our angels who are our servants, but instead 
It is our guardian angels who are masters over us. They are to rule us. They are to guide us. They are to light our way. And they are to guard us from the evil one. Now, the word light here has multiple meanings. One is the light in terms of like to guide, like to to light the way. But also, it's actually more precise to talk about the fact that the, the he gives us his lights. He enlightens us. He can give us good thoughts, good ideas, good images, put those into our minds. Uh, that's actually the, the primary um, definition, my meaning of the lights. I think that's important to keep in mind. Now, our guardian angels are someone that we should foster a relationship with. So how do we do that if we can't name them? Well, one way is one by praying the guardian angel prayer. How often do we pray the guardian angel prayer? I would say likely not as much as we probably should. I would say every morning you should pray the guardian angel prayer. Perhaps every time you get in the car because driving is very dangerous. It's a very dangerous situation to be in the car driving. And so when we get in the car, our guardian angels are there to guard us lest we stash our foot against a stone. That's a Psalm 91. He hath given his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. In their hands they shall bear thee up lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And many of the saints have talked about how the guardian angels are there to protect us. But a lot of the time, we just don't ask them to help us. And that's why they don't. Uh, we look at the life of Padre Pio where he was getting beat up by a demon. And afterwards, he saw his guardian angel standing in the corner of the room. And he was like, hey, bro, what's up with that? Why didn't you help me out? I was getting beat up over here and you're over there standing in the corner. And the guardian angel said, you never asked. Isn't that interesting? You never asked. We have opportunities to have heavenly help that our God has given us. But God has desired, has desired that we participate in the things of God. And so God will not intervene in our lives unless we ask him to. Now, there are exceptions to this rule, but many times that is simply the case. God doesn't act unless we ask him to. And so we should keep this in mind. And now as just kind of a, a side note, something that's interesting to note is who was the guardian angel of Our Lady? The guardian angel of Our Lady, which may not, not be a shock to you, it was probably the archangel Gabriel. The archangel Gabriel was likely the guardian angel of Our Lady. Now, Venerable Mary Vigreta said that she had Many angels, thousands of angels who ministered to her and that protected her. Uh, but the principal guardian angel was Gabriel. Uh, some traditions say that Michael was the guardian angel of our Lord. However, others like Cornelius Lapide actually say that he had no guardian angel. He gets that from Suarez, who was a Jesuit theologian. He says Suarez, who is kind of the... Um, He's kind of the, the St. Thomas of the Jesuits, kind of. Suarez would have said that he was a Thomist. He was a follower of St. Thomas. He says that the guardian angels are ordinarily of the ninth or lowest order of the angelic hierarchy, who are designated by the common appellation of angels. 
but to some special individuals of surpassing excellence or dignity, such as apostles, prophets, patriarchs, bishops, kings, guardians have been assigned of the eighth order, who are called archangels. Hence, Gabriel was the guardian of the Blessed Virgin, and he is thought to be many, he is thought by many to belong to the order of the seraphim. And in saying that all men have a guardian angel, I accept Christ. For he needed not an angel whose divinity was a sufficient guardian of his humanity. Nevertheless, Christ had many angels, always at hand to minister to his wants. Now, personally, I think that he probably had St. Michael as his guardian angel. I think that tradition makes more sense to me. Uh, Not because he needed a guardian angel, but that it was just fitting that he have one since he was man and all men have a guardian angel. And so I think that he probably did. Though Suarez and Cornelius Lapide, who are much smarter than I, say that he did not. So uh, take that for what you will. I think that's something to just keep in mind. It's also something sad to note. It's something beautiful, but something sad as well. Is that every single person, from the moment they have a soul, has a guardian angel. And that God who knew you in your mother's womb, who knew you before you were conceived... Before knowing anything about you, before you were ever a real thing, God knew you and he created your guardian angel before all else of creation just for you, for nobody else but you. And that guardian angel has been gazing upon the beatific vision awaiting the time when his mission commenced. And what was his mission? To get you to heaven. That was his mission. And he's waited for you. No one else. Guardian angels do not get reassigned. There is one guardian angel for every person who ever lived. One guardian angel. Each person gets one guardian angel. And that guardian angel waited for you. And he is there for you and only you. Here's the sad part. Think about all the kids who were aborted. Those guardian angels waited for all of time for that child to be born. To lead him to heaven. And the act of some people, the mothers, the fathers, the doctors, the politicians, they killed that child. And cease the mission of that guardian angel before it ever began. A sad thing to think about. But a glorious thing to think about the fact that our guardian angels are here for us. Here for you and I. So let's seek their help. Let's ask and ask them to give us the treasures of heaven. The things that our Lord desires to give us. Now, we're going to go into our fear and chilling game show. You can call now 877 877- 757-942-4877-757-9424-877-957-9424. Call now. We're going into our game show one last time. 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling right after this. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Dan Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, 
they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal. And the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word. We receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. So make sure you do that right now. You can hop on, uh, simply pick up the phone and dial that number, 877-757-9424. And I got to say, Rudy is back in the studio, so you'll have the chance to play the game with Rudy. Once again, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Now, you may be asking, what am I calling into? Why would I do this right now? Well, it's very simple. It's really simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, and I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions, and he's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. And that means that even if you just guess, you'll have 15 seconds to just guess, and you have a 50-50 chance of getting each and every question correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Thanks be to God. Adrian, I am back, uh, but at what cost? However, I am back with prizes. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to Colorado, and uh, that's that's where I was on my vacation. That's where I got sick. Uh, but I was also able to visit this uh, Mother Cabrini Shrine in Colorado. It was a wonderful experience. So I brought back all kinds of uh, little little prizes here. I put together a gift pack surrounding uh, uh, Saint Francis Cabrini. So you're going to be able to get a, a a beautiful car pack here, a car rosary, very beautiful. Uh, a little bit of uh, a placard here with uh, with uh, Saint Cabrini on it, and a uh, sun catcher as well. So if you want to call right now and win this prize. Go ahead and pick up the phone, one 757 9424 
877-757-9424. So I guess the sponsor is Rudy Carlos today. I'm That's pretty awesome. Show. That's pretty great. Uh, so 877-757-9424. If you want that prize pack of little goodies from Rudy's trip to Colorado to Francis Cabrini's shrine, uh, make sure you call in 877-757-9424. And if you go to St. Francis Cabrini Church, you should definitely call in 877-757-9424. Make sure you do so because the next person to call in will, in fact, be the contestant and have three opportunities to win. And one last time, 877-757-9424. And if you would like to come and see some of our information, well, you can always go to our website, go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt to connect with us and get more information about everything going on in our on our network and on the on the catholic drive time team let's go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to connect with us we'd love to have you there and of course you could always sign up on our email list as well because there. We sent out interesting things this last Friday. I sent y'all some an amazing story about St. Michael saving a Marine during the during the uh, battle of North Korea during the North Korean War. So pretty cool thing there. Uh, so make sure you join us. All that on our website. Now joining us right now is Marissa. Good morning to you, Marissa. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Praise be to God. I'm too blessed to be stressed and too anointed to be disappointed. How are you, Marissa? Wonderful, and I'm ready to play. Praise, praise be to God. Praise be to God. Now, where are you calling in from? I'm San Antonio. San Antonio. Praise be to God. We always love our San Antonio callers. I was just, a, just I just saw um, um, our good friend Richard Reyna up in Austin. He was in Austin over the weekend for the Fullness of Truth conference, but I got to see a lot of uh, San Antonians who drove in from from San Antonio to uh, go to that conference in Austin. So praise be to God. Very good. Now, Marissa, where are you off to this morning? The dentist. The dentist. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. We love our dentist. We love our dentist. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. I, <laughs> I, I, it's not, I have nothing personally against dentist. I just but don't I do. like I just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my good friend, um, Sarah O'Connor. She's, she's going to dental school and she's she's a wonderful wonderful young lady. I just don't like dentist. <laughs> just like I just do not. I just do not. Oh, but God we bless will you. Pray for Sarah. Yeah, pray for Sarah. For sh- we pray for all dentists, all dentists. Saint Apollonia, pray for us. But I'm glad you enjoy the dentist. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, but God bless you, Marissa. Are you ready to play the game? Yes. All right. Let's jump into it. Question number one for you, Rudy. I almost said Brent. I've been used to saying Brent for the last week. Thanks be to God for Brent. Yeah, amen. Now, here's the question, Rudy. All right. Now, you might need the sacrament very soon, Rudy. (laughs) The sacrament confers comforting grace on its recipient, as well as remission of venial sins and inculpably unconfessed sins. What sacrament is that? I think you're right, Adrian. I think I'm going to need that right after the show. And it's the anointing of the sick. Anointing of the sick, you say? Anointing of the sick. Otherwise known as extreme unction. 
extremely needed uh-huh. right now. All right. If you say so. All right, Marissa. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, this sacrament confers comforting grace on its recipient as well as the remission of venial sins and inculpably unconfessed sins. Well, Rudy says that's the anointing of the sick. And I say whatever sacrament this is, Rudy needs it right after the show. Uh, what say you, Marissa? Um, I think it's the other one that you get when you're dying. Which one? That would be the other one we get when you're dying. Not uh, anointing of the sick, but the last... Uh, last rites? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Are you Let's sure you want to go with last rites? No. Mm. No? <laughs> oh. uh, no? Mm. Are, is that your final answer? Uh, yes. Okay, so you're going to go with yes, anointing of the sick. Correct. All right, let's see. All right, survey says... That is correct, Marissa. That is correct. Um, the last rites are not a sacrament. They are uh, the prayers that are said. It's it's a rite of the church. And so they are, it's kind of like Holy Mass. Mass is not a sacrament, but the Eucharist is a sacrament. The Mass is, is a rite. So, but Thank you for God. clearing that up. No problem. So yeah, last rites is tend to be done with anointing the sick. But yeah, very good. Very good, Marissa. Praise you to God. You got it right and could not trick you. You knew it. Are you ready for question number two? Sure. All right. Now, this question mm, could be tricky. Could be tricky. But I've actually given this answer in the past on the show. And so let's see if we can get it. All right, Rudy. Question number two for you. Quadresima is the Latin word for this liturgical season. What is that season? Oh, I think you mean quadragesima. 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 That's actually uh, Advent. Advent, you Advent, say? yeah. Okay. All right. Yep, four weekends, right? So quadra. Uh, there we go. Advent. Uh, okay. There I you agree. Go. I, I uh, agree. All right, Marissa. 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, quadragesima refers to what liturgical season? And it's a hint is that it's a season of fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. What say you... Marissa from San Antonio. Advent. You're going to go with Advent? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Marissa. He tricked you. It's very tricky, Rudy. Very tricky. Oh, man, my lungs. See, God's punishing him. It's uh, it's Lent. It is Lent because oh, yeah. uh, quadra refers to forty the, the 40th or the four quadrants, uh, the 40 days leading up to Easter Sunday or actually until Good Friday, but... That's the uh, yeah. It refers to the season of Lent and the tricky well, you Rudy over here. Something new every day. <laughs> well, praise be to God, Marissa. Uh, you don't Thank let too. don't let Rudy uh, keep you down. He's uh, he's being tricky. Okay. It's all it's all the it's the sick it's the sickness. We'll blame it on the, on his flu. <laughs> uh, are you ready for question number three, Marissa? How many questions are there? Because I I may be late for the dentist. There is one I more question. Time. Okay, great. All right, let's jump in. Last question here. The last question is. What are the two distinctive signs on the papal flag? Hmm. That's going to be the tiara and keys. The tiara Even though and keys. the Pope doesn't wear the tiara anymore. That's true. That's true. All right, Marissa. 15 seconds on the clock. He says, what are the two signs on the papal flag? 
Rudy says it is Tiara and Keys. I don't know if you've seen the papal flag recently, but maybe you can conjure that image in your head. What are the two distinctive signs on the papal flag? Rudy says Tiara and Keys. What say you, Marissa, at the dentist? Rudy. I say Rudy is correct. This is Tiara and Keys. That is correct, Marissa. Praise be to God. You got it. Two out of three correct. A way to go. Now, we're going to put you on hold real quick so that way Rudy can get your information and you can go on into your uh, dental appointment and tell the dentist we're praying for him uh, or her. I will. There you go. (laughs) We're going to put you on hold. God bless you. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You as well. And that's going to do it for our radio side. If you want to join us in the after show, it's very simple. All you got to do is hop on to our social media streams, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, and you can contact us and comment down below. And we love to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, whether it was something about we something we talked about on the show or maybe it's something completely off topic. And whatever it is, it is whatever you what is we will talk about. So make sure you hop on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube. And if you do, do, then you can give your questions, comments, concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between. Make sure you do so. We'd love to have you. But if not, well, you're welcome to join us tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. So make sure you do so. We'd love to have you. Uh, So much more on Catholic Drive Time. So God bless you. God love you. And remember, you can join our email list. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get connected with us and join our email list. God bless you. God love you. And remember, Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. God love you. And remember, Christ is king. And I'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Soul community. Today is the memorial of the of our holy guardian angels. The sacrifice of the Mass is offered for those joining us on Guadalupe Radio online and those here present. Ye holy angels bright, who wait at God's right hand, or through the realms of light fly at your Lord's command. Assist our song, or else the theme too high will seem for mortal tongue. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ have, mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us, hear our supplication as we cry to you, that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their company. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Zechariah. This word of the Lord of hosts came. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am intensely jealous for Zion, stirred to jealous wrath for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion, and I will dwell within Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the, of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women, each with staff in hand because of old age, shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem. The city shall be filled with boys and girls playing in the streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Even if this should seem impossible in the eyes of the remnant of this people, shall it in those days be impossible in my eyes also? says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Lo, I will rescue my people from the land of the rising sun and from the land of the setting sun. I will bring them back to dwell with Jerusalem. They shall be my people and I will be their God with faithfulness and justice. The word of the Lord. The Lord will build up Zion again and appear in all his glory. The Lord will build up Zion again and appear in all his glory. The nations shall revere your name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. When the Lord has rebuilt Zion and appeared in his glory, when he is regarded the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. The Lord, the Lord will build, will build up Zion, Zion again, again and, and appear in all, all his glory. glory. 
Let this be written for all generations to come, and let his future creatures praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his holy height. From heaven he beheld the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoners to release those doomed to die. The Lord will build up Zion again and appear in all his glory. The children of your servants shall abide, and their posterity shall continue in your presence, that the name of the Lord may be declared in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem, when the peoples gather together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. The The Lord Lord will build up Zion Zion again again and appear appear in all his glory. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Bless the Lord, all you his angels, you ministers who do his will. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples approached Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child over, placed it in their midst and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. On Friday, we celebrated the feast of the holy archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And today we celebrate our guardian angels. We're reminded, of course, that God has, in his plethora of creation, has made spiritual beings to serve his will, to accomplish his will. And we're also reminded, too, that angels, or when we call them archangels or guardian angels, it really simply denotes their function. An archangel is sent because he has a particular important message to send. Of course, angel in itself means messenger. But the guardian angels are there. We might say they're the ones that kind of most closely interface with us. God has created a guardian angel for every single person that he has created. I'm sure there are more. (laughs) But anyway, for every single one of us, we have at least one guardian angel. We see in the Old Testament that the existence of angels and, of course, their mission to protect and to guide was something that was really taken for granted. You don't hear much about, let's say, a theology of the angels. When we turn to the New Testament, we look at what Jesus says. He, let's say he takes it up a new level when he says that, see that you do not despise any one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly Father. That first of all, that children, that would be, so we understand it that from the moment that we are created, conceived, 
God gives us an angel to watch over us. So children have a, have a guardian angel. Of course, we do as adults. They don't leave us once we grow up. But then also that that, that angel is constantly beholds the face of our Heavenly Father. It's in some ways maybe the image is that the angel is there to guard us, to protect us, and to guide us, but then always turning its face to the Heavenly Father to intercede for us and helping us to turn our faces back to God. It's interesting, Jesus says in the Gospel, unless you turn and become like little children, unless you turn and become like little children. So our angel, our guardian angel there is to help us to be able to turn our faces back to our Heavenly Father and so to live for God, to do His will more perfectly in our life. That angel will sometimes, you know, there's that old image of the, you know, they have the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other. You shouldn't think of that too literally. But the angel is there to, to help us in, with all and any influences of good that help us to turn to God and to live our life for God. The, our guardian angel will do anything to help us to get to heaven. But of course, it doesn't, he's not going to go against, your, I shouldn't say he or she, but our guardian angel is not going to go against our will, but only, it can only help us as much as we want to be helped. I think this is a great day that we, able to, we are able to, to celebrate, to acknowledge uh, our guardian angel, because they do so much for us in the background, so hidden. Uh, but but their their role is is essential in our life. We will only know how much they have helped us when we get to heaven. But I'm sure each one of us can think of one experience in our life where it's like I know my guardian angel was watching over me because either I should be dead right now, or I was I could have been in an accident, or I would be far away from God. That somehow I've seen that that angel not literally. But I've seen the work of that, my guardian angel in my life, helping me and protecting me and interceding for me. Thanks be to God, to our Lord Jesus Christ, God our Father and the Holy Spirit, who has given us these beautiful, beautiful angels to help us on our way. May we just acknowledge their, their support in our life and, of course, give glory to God for having created them and given them to us to keep us and to guard us on our way. Let's stand and bring our prayers before our Heavenly Father. We pray for the Holy Church of God, for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his needs and intentions. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray in thanksgiving to God for all of the angels he has created, but especially our guardian angel today, in gratitude for all the ways that they guard, protect us, intercede for us, and guide us. Let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the suffering, they may be consoled in their faith and also be healed in body, soul, and spirit. Let us pray to the Lord. Let's pray for those who are far away from God, that through their, the influence of their guardian angels and, and also through the cords of, and bonds of love and mercy, they would be drawn back and turned to worship God the Father. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, 
that they may rest in peace. Let us pray to the Lord. For the intentions we hold in our hearts, for those who have asked us to pray for them, or those joining us online here at Guadalupe Radio, for these special intentions, let us pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, hear our prayers and grant our petitions through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands that will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. The fruit of the vine, the work of human hands, will become our spiritual drink. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and all his church. Receive, O Lord, the offerings we bring before you as we venerate your holy angels, and graciously grant that under their constant protection we may be delivered from present dangers and brought happily to life eternal. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, and to praise you without end in your archangels and your angels. For the honor we pay the angelic creatures in whom you delight redounds to your own surpassing glory. And by their great dignity and splendor, you show how infinitely great you are to be exalted above all things through Christ our Lord. Through him the multitude of angels extols your majesty, and we are united with them in exaltation, in exultant adoration, as with one voice of praise we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis et terra, gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. 
To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world, together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And to all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you, for them we offer you this sacrifice of praise, or they offered for themselves and all who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls and hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, and, and all your saints, we ask that through their merits and prayers, in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace, and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, his Almighty Father, giving you thanks. He said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham, our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, 
a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who, though sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them. Fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And the suffrage of the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. I am not worthy. enter under my roof. Always say the word, and my soul shall be.
In the presence of the angels, I will praise you, my God. For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Let us pray. As you are pleased to nourish us for eternal life with so great a sacrament, O Lord, direct us by the ministry of angels into the way of salvation and peace through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Hail, Holy Queen, enthroned above, O Maria. Hail, Mother of mercy and of love, O Maria. Triumph. St. Michael the Archangel Defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 